0: Va a llegar el gol del Arsenal, Ophil.
1: Marca Mesuto, Özil, El centro de Ophil, Giroud, gol. Gol del Arsenal, gol de Giroud. This is Arscast Extra. Hello and welcome to another Arscast Extra as always with James from Gunnar Blog. Good morning. Good morning to you. Are you well? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad to everyone's surprise. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm all right. How about you? I'm, I'm also all right. Um, I, I did have quite a tragic incident over the weekend, unfortunately. Go on. I ever so slightly burned the roof of my mouth with some pizza. Oh, no. I
0: know. You did tell me you were having some pizza and I, I, I thought to warn you, but yeah. I did
1: not. Well, I, I hope you're happy with yourself because Um, it's vaguely uncomfortable this morning. I feel
0: responsible. mm. I feel responsible.
1: Uh, You'll you'll know better next time. Next time I'm having pizza, I want a warning from you that it's possible that I might slightly singe the the roof of my mouth with hot cheese. Hot cheese, of all things. Was it worth it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was delicious. Well, there's some consolation Pizza is great, you know. It transpires. It's
0: delicious, yeah.
1: So yeah, I can put up with that that vague feeling of um, of, of slight slight pain uh, for the deliciousness of it all. On top of that uh, terrible thing that happened to me, it was a terrible weekend for your uh, for your pal Tim.
0: Oh, I know, I know, but you know, it's good, isn't it? It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Schadenfreude is uh, the the thing where you laugh at Tim Sherwood from a distance
1: Sherwood um, Freude exactly Tim, exactly. Tim and Scheide
0: Freude I don't know I do feel sort of vaguely I feel like this has happened for me I feel like it's a personal gift from the gods to me After Sherwood's lost
1: his job after all the, the tragedy and, and terrible things that have befallen you because of Arsenal wins this is the universe giving you a little bit back
0: I think more than a bit This this I think on balance 2015's been a good year for me now <laughs> um, in that in that one moment, uh, because I did fear, like in the spring when he saved Villa from relegation and led them to the FA Cup final, I thought, "Have I been wrong all this time? Does he does he know what he's doing?" And to have the fact that he doesn't so gloriously revealed mm. is a wonder, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful
1: scenes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you had a, a, a an extra big glass of Ribena last night to celebrate. I'm sure.
0: Absolutely, yeah, big big old jug of Vimto, and uh, yeah, no, so uh, delighted, delighted by that. I mean, it's been a pretty
1: great weekend, all in all, football wise. Yeah, it has. I mean, from our point of view, obviously we won, and we'll come to that uh, in a few moments' time. But other people around us drop points. Uh, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just i just mean- thinking about that picture again. Even just thinking about it makes me laugh. It's quite extraordinary. Do we know I mean, exactly I- what happened? Because from um, from what they were saying on Match of the Day, they said that Jose Mourinho was invited into the referee's room and then sent off. Um, whereas right. a couple of tweets, Sky, were saying that Jose Mourinho went to the referee's room or tried to get into the referee. room. The, the assumption I had made was that he went bananas and went like banging on the referee's door and was subsequently, you know, sent off and not allowed to watch the game from the bench in the second half. But uh, match of the day said he was invited to the referee's room at halftime, which seems unusual.
0: Yes, I mean, it's it's much worse to be ejected from a party you've been invited to than one you've just crashed of your own accord.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know. I, I mean I would have I assumed, like you, that he had just burst in unannounced and started screaming about conspiracy theories. Um but if he was asked in, God knows what he must have done to have so upset the referee. Mm. Um probably accusations of bias. I mean I imagine that's the sort of perfunctory response, but brilliant that he then had to go and spend, you know, time up in the the was it? The West Ham directors box. I think.
1: Yeah, standing at the back uh, of the directors box. Oh
0: dear! I mean, I mean, have you seen Danny Dyer's little video?
1: Yeah, I saw it. I mean, and I thought, well, I didn't, I didn't quite know what to think about that because obviously Danny Dyer is a tremendous cunt, and Jose obviously. Mourinho is also a tremendous cunt, and there's not even the enemy it's of Sophie's my enemy choice. thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it wasn't even any good. If he'd actually done something good, you know. Like no, calling something, he just, he just of... kind of skulked in behind, and one of his gimp mates made a face at the camera. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like that was a really missed opportunity. You know, he could have could have just stood there beside him, but I bet that that red face guy, you know, the red face guy that hangs around Chelsea, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, old red face, yeah, yeah old red face, John Redface is his name. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, he's he would have probably stepped in, but you'd have been tempted just to stand there beside him and just sort of niggle away at him, you know. Ten men. Oh, awesome. That was very, very harsh. Very harsh yellow card. there. second one, very harsh for for Madic. There, you must be feeling particularly aggrieved. Oh my goodness! Oh, look at that decision gone against you again. God Almighty! Oh they, they are. They are literally all out to get you. Just in his ear for the entire forty-five minutes. That's what he should have done. But now he just kind of he wandered by. But still, the misery, the pain, the the, the suffering of Jose is is delightful for the rest of us.
0: So are we in a position now, Would you, do you want to see him sacked? Like, Would would that be sort of like, you know, would that no. make you as happy as it made me to see Sherwood go, no, you want to see this extend? Not yet, not
1: yet. I mean, right. ultimately that would be good, but not yet. I mean, I, I'd like to see it get worse for him. I would like to see him literally lose his mind. I right. think that's happening. I think it is happening to a certain extent, but I would like <laughs> to see just a full-on... Absolute meltdown you know I think we're I think we're owed that after the years of abject country that he is he has foisted upon the world of football, I think we're owed that in the same way that the universe owed you for uh, for all the broken bones and uh, heartbreak and everything else by sacking Tim Sherwood, I think the universe owes the rest of us like Mourinho, just spiraling spiraling spiraling, and I think to a certain extent. He, we've spoken about before. I think he is actually self-destructing, and I think some of the stuff that he's doing is is deliberate. You know, it's it's, he's doing it on purpose to to perhaps uh, exacerbate the situation and and maybe get himself fired. Um, Well, maybe maybe. you know, if if he's sent off for something he said to a referee, and we can only assume that it's something he said to the referee, he didn't like try and you know give him a wedgie or anything like that. um, Then you know he must know. You know what you can say to a referee and what you can't say to a referee. And if you tried to burst into the referee's room, you know, that's self-destructive behaviour as well. But for the time being, in the same way that I was thoroughly enjoying the job that Brendan Rodgers was, was doing at Liverpool, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying Jose's work at the moment. So I want him to continue.
0: OK, even though Tim Sherwood is available as a potential replacement... That wouldn't swing it for
1: you. Oh, yeah. Well, I think Tim is probably going to be available in a few months' time as well. I don't think there's going to be any rush. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah. No immediate
0: rush on the no, services. No.
1: So, uh, so yeah. So good fun to watch all that happening to other people. And of course, it's it's made better. My uh, Mrs. Blog said to me, we were watching match of the day, and she said, "Does does Arsenal winning is is that made better for you when stuff like that happens to to Chelsea?" Uh, I said, "Yeah." Of course, yes, it is. It of really, course. it is much better, uh, and I enjoyed our win. But you know, when, I, when other things sort of provide the the icing on the cake, uh, it, it's it's even more glorious. But a, a really good win for us against a, an Everton team that are quite tough, and there were shades of last season's game in this one, weren't there?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. It really reminded me of the one. I think, was it December 2013 that was the one-all mm. uh, where Gerard Delefeuille scored uh, late on. I got all the vowels in his name there, didn't I? Dele really, Dele Feuille. Feuille. I really, yeah, I really emphasised it. Yeah. Um, we scored that late equaliser. Um, and that was a game where we were already top and sort of trying to extend our lead. Do you, do you mm. remember the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Ozil, Ozil scored quite late, didn't he? And they- Ozil scored quite late and it looked like we'd done it and then they pegged us back. And... This felt a bit like that as well because we had those couple of minutes where we've we've got this habit now where we score a goal and then we score another one straight away. It's, it's very exciting. I like it. I like we it. We all we we all like it. We all enjoy it. I don't know how that how comes about, but it just seems that we're invigorated by the first goal. Yeah, rush on and get the
1: second. Well, it was um, great, wasn't it? Because if you look at it, if you look at it from the kickoff, you now Giroud scored the first goal. They kick off and play around with it at the back, and it's a Giroud tackle. Uh, that get, that wins the ball back for Alexis, and Alexis then gets fouled, and and uh, in we go. So you know that that kind of high pressing um, thing really worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And um,
0: so you know, but the, the goal for half time was a bit unfortunate. I thought that they got back. Um, obviously, the deflection uh, didn't help matters. Yeah, um, and yeah. The, and then the second half. We looked a little bit leggy to me. We looked like we looked like what we were—just a team who absolutely, you know, ran and thought their hearts and heads out against Bayern Munich in midweek.
1: Yeah, yeah, you could see certainly in the last twenty minutes um, that 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 was becoming an issue. But uh, at the same time, we had chances. You know, we had really good chances to extend the lead. Uh, Giroud mm-hmm. hit the bar. Özil hit the post. Uh, Flamini. <laughs> Flamini brought on with nine minutes to go right and and <laughs> yeah. he's a he's a defensive midfielder you're you're not quite on the ropes but you need to just shore the game up right you need to make your midfield more secure and um, where's Flamini <laughs> fucking playing centre for Arsene Wenger said afterwards I, t- I told him afterwards I didn't bring you on to play centre forward uh, and he was going absolutely
0: mad on the sidelines Arsene Wenger honestly he was <laughs> screaming at Flamini to get back like there was the one where Flamini had the header at goal that went straight at the keeper yeah. and Arsene I think was more annoyed about the fact that Flamini was in that position than that he had missed the chance <laughs> he he was like tearing his hair out but I, Flamini's obviously thinking of his numbers you know he's got the goals against Spurs and now he's, he's on a roll
1: yeah yeah you know he, he's uh, there's probably a little little bet on who's going to be the highest scoring midfielder or something. Like that,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: You know, he wants to he wants to win that money. Clearly, it was just cr- fucking crazy. Uh, got away <laughs> with it a little bit, but you know, you you'd like a little bit more discipline from a player of of that experience. Um, ideally, but, ideally, ideally, but but there you go. He's very much his own flam. He is indeed. Um,
0: but I really loved our first goal. I have to say, uh, and, and Giroud who got it, it was excellent I thought throughout the game
1: yeah he was due a start I think it was mm, there was certainly. part of it part of it was because the fact he's been scoring coming from off the bench and uh, I think the manager in some way needs to be able to reward that by giving him a start in certain games You know, because if if you're on the bench and you're scoring every time you come off it, what what do you you what more can you do to convince a manager to to put you in the team? And I think it was quite clever to to do that, obviously, uh, to uh, to reward those good performances and those goals, uh, but by starting him. But I thought, like from the first moment, he was he was uh, really on it. You know, some games you feel like it passes him by a little bit, right? We've spoken about it before that he's not quite aggressive enough, he's not quite. in the game as much as you would like but there was a, an early kick out from Czech and he pushed his way in front of the Everton defender held him off took the ball down laid it off and that kind of set the marker for his for his entire performance i thought
0: yeah i thought so i thought he had the better of uh, Jack Elker and Stones and you know i think he showed that i think he showed how much he still has to offer mm. and it's a risk it was a risk changing the front line because i think he he does enforce a different style but then you know our goal came about from a header from a cross, which you just wouldn't get with Walcott in the side. So you know they each got their own strengths clearly.
1: Yeah, I, I like that bit as well, where the chance came to to Ozil and the referee blew for a foul, but basically yeah. he went up for a header and smashed the two central defenders out of the way. You know that physical presence that he's capable of. It was great to see. It was great to see that. It was,
0: it was, uh, but the—I mean, the, his goal was all about the pass. Really brilliant pass, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: yes, just perfect, perfect. I mean, yeah. in the area where the goalkeeper couldn't get it, it, was perfect for him. He knew he just needed to flick it, and it was going to be—it was going to be a goal. Just brilliant. That's seven assists now so far this season for for Ozil. I thought Ozil as well throughout was was outstanding. If we talk about the team and some of the players looking a little bit tired, looking a little bit leggy. That wasn't the case with him. I didn't think that, that he looked that affected by it. And there was one moment late on where he he picked the ball up from Giroud sort of towards the the, the byline, um, deep in their half, did a couple of little step-over returns, came back around, played a 1-2 with Giroud, and I think that's the one where he hit the post. Um, mm. And that was really late in the game. And, you know, that was, was just full of running and full of effort and endeavour. It was great.
0: And when he hit the post, he kicked the ball hard. That was exciting to see. Mm. Uh, it's not often you see that, is it? That he puts his foot through it and you know really has a, a shot with some venom in it. So I, I did like that. Yeah, um, I, I heard an interesting anecdote on uh, Sky's Sunday Supplement show. I know, unusual. Um, from Andy Dunn, I think it was. And it made me think of Ozil's assist, uh, which is that Jesse Mourinho used to say when he was watching Real Madrid train, he, he could turn away from the training ground and he would still know when Urzel had the ball because when he kicked the ball, it made a different sound. No like quality, way. Yeah, that was what he claims. He's like the quality of his touch, the way he struck the ball was like qualitatively different from everyone else. What's he got, and, fucking bad ears? <laughs> but I, I kind of know what he means because when he clipped that pass in uh, for Jury's goal, it was like a... It was like a golf shot. You know what I mean? It was something just like so nonchalant Mm. and so languid about the way he delivered it. Uh, And the other thing, and this shouldn't really matter, it shouldn't bother me, but it is quite nice to see Ozil getting a bit of wider recognition now, I think, in English football. You know, I think for Mm. a long time he's faced so much criticism, we know all about the nicking a living stuff. But it feels like that tide, I think it turned with the Arsenal fans some time ago, but I think it's turning more broadly now. Mm. And... It's just nice to see his talents a bit more appreciated. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, if you, if you can't find enjoyment in the way that Mesut Ozil plays football, or if you think that you know, because he's not the most physically imposing player, that he he doesn't have anything to offer, it's mm. um it's just bizarre. You know, he's just glorious and so talented, and I think he's he's beginning to have a real influence on the team. He looks like he's more, like he's he's taking some responsibility. You know. Yeah. Th- that he's realizing, okay, I am one of the senior players here. I am one of the players around whom this team is built, and I need to contribute in order to make this team successful or to try and achieve the things that it wants to achieve. Um, and maybe that's d- down to confidence, self belief, whatever it might be. But I, yeah, it's great. Uh, he's just been he's been so good this season so far, and uh, I hope it lasts.
0: Yeah. And another thing, I would say this is not to detract from Erzul uh, at all, but I think you know Santi Cazorla. I was looking at the chance creation stats, and uh, the one I'm looking at is Squawker and Erzul's t- created 42 chances this season. But Cazorla is on 34, and considering that he plays in that deeper position, he's doing incredibly well as well mm. on, a, on a creative front. And I also thought that against uh, Everton, his set piece delivery was was quite a lot better than it has been you know over the past couple of years and I felt like we looked like a threat at set pieces which was exciting and unusual
1: yeah yeah the the whipped delivery and certainly from the corners as well I think Gabriel has got a goal or two in him somewhere because me too yeah he's he's been he's been noticeably good from set pieces since he arrived I remember one of the the first games he played he had a couple of really good chances it might have been the one against Borough in the in the FA Cup but Mm-hmm. He looks a bit of a threat from, from set pieces. And there's something, when you're defending corners, and if there's a sequence or, 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 or a collection of corners, and as a defending team, you're not getting to the ball as much as the opposition, you know, you begin to lose a little confidence, I think, in, in terms of uh, of how you defend. So there, there's sort of a weight and accumulation of uh, of corners and set pieces. I think that was evident, um, uh, with the second goal because we'd had a number of corners before that because Orla whips in a great ball. Again, the goalkeeper wasn't great. Again, the defending wasn't great and Arsenein gets on the ball and and, and it's uh, it's 2-0, so yeah, it was good. Yeah. But again, the delivery is, is really important. Absolutely, I would agree with that.
0: Um, what about Everton's equaliser? Do you buy into the the blame Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain theory that seems to have been circulating. I've seen a bit online.
1: Yeah, I think we'll touch on Ox in the in the questions part. But what okay. about that particular thing, you know, there's a lesson there for him, certainly. And that's about decision-making in the final third. Right. Um, he should have played it outside to Bellerin. And if he played it outside to Bellerin quickly, we probably would have made it 3-0. Or mm. would at least have had a good chance to, to make it 3-0. Um he made the wrong decision by shooting into a crowd of players. Uh, he did his best to, to try and get back. And I think in some ways he's been really quite unlucky. He's going through this period where every mistake that he makes is ending up in a goal. You know, it's happened a number of times this season already. That, crazy. Yeah, you yeah. know, so I think there is there is an element of bad luck to it, but it's also something that he has control over. That had he made the right decision uh, by, by making the pass, then that wouldn't have happened. But I think when you lose the ball on the edge of the box or a shot is blocked and they go up the other end and score with a deflection. You know, I don't think you can necessarily blame him 100%, but it was avoidable. That's the way I'd look at it.
0: Yeah, I would would concur. Um, And then I suppose... As regards to the second half, the last ten minutes, anyway, two big, big moments. One being uh, the save from Petr Cech, mm. and the other one being, I'm sure you enjoyed that tackle from from Gabriel.
1: Yeah, the Czech save was fantastic, uh, yeah. and I suppose that's the that's the kind of goalkeeping that people talked about when you bring a guy in who can win you points. I think Arsene Wenger said that after the game. He won us you know the the three points or he, you know he played a big part in in ensuring that we took three points rather than one. Uh yeah, great save, uh, great reactions. I think we rode our luck a little bit, didn't we? That Lukaku header had him beaten. He was not getting anywhere near that, but it just just sort of brushed the uh the, the top of the bar. Yeah. And there were a couple absolutely. of actually that that one Gabriel tackle, obviously there was the brilliant reaction that he had where he's sort of pumping the air like he'd scored a goal, yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is great, but there was another one, another break Maybe a few minutes before that, and again he was the guy who got a who got a foot in on the ball and, and helped us get away. So, uh, yeah, another another fine display from him.
0: Yeah, I thought he was excellent. It's very very nice feeling, isn't it, to sort of lose one of your first choice centre backs to illness? Matsaka seems ill all the time, doesn't he? Mm. He's, a bit, he's a bit like me, a bit of a sickly child. <laughs> he's to wrap up warm. Get some more vitamins,
1: um, Per. Come on
0: exactly but uh, it's nice when that happens and you're not overly concerned you've got someone who can come in and sort of fill the breach as yeah. well as Gabriel did
1: yeah so uh, three good points uh, went top of the table for a little while we're back into second on goal difference but uh, a fine position to be in
0: mm. and the Manchester derby was rubbish did you see that? Uh,
1: talk really? about boring Jesus Christ no. I mean at least if the footballs crap kicked the shit out of each other or something yeah 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 all very passive, all yeah.
0: very tepid. Yeah, not, no, not good.
1: Fun. Not good. And we have a, a game tomorrow, of course, in the Capital One Cup. What exactly are you expecting Arsene Wenger to do? I think we'll probably get some team news later on um, and we'll get a better idea of what kind of a, a team he's going to put out. But, you know, to my mind, he's got to he's got to rest people like Alexis cannot play. I wouldn't play Ozil, Cazorla, maybe not Coquelin either. Um, you know, he can rotate the defence quite well in the sense that, you know, he's got Gibbs, Debushi to come in, maybe Murtisacker back Chambers could could come in there, might give a start to the guy in goal. It's just maybe further forward we don't really have the the depth of squad. I mean, it, he's going to have to rotate though, isn't he?
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, you know, it would be an exaggeration to say their last legs, but the team certainly looked tired uh, in the last stages against Everton. And obviously, the Premier League's the priority. I think, you're right. The back four is pretty straightforward. You know, you can bring Gibbs in, you can bring Debuchy in, Chambers as well, um, Flamini in central midfield. But oh, I mean, everyone who's on the bench against Everton, you'd imagine will start. Mm. Uh, it is a little bit trickier in the f- in the forward part of the pitch. Um, I mean, Joel Campbell will play. Maybe Theo Walcott will play, having not played at the weekend. But yeah. uh, beyond that, I don't know. I wonder if we will see a couple of youngsters. Alex Awobi had another good week last week, scoring. Twice against Bayern in Oof. the the Youth Champions League, including yeah. a screamer. Did you see it?
1: Oh yeah, amazing. I was yeah. just, I was chatting to Andrew Allen on the whole Gmail chat thing, uh, mm. and the game was on because it was streaming on YouTube, and it was like, well, Jesus, this is a pretty boring game, isn't it? And then within eight seconds, Iwobi smashes it into the to the top corner. So you know, I'll try that on Tuesday if he's uh, if he gets a chance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's one who could be in contention. Um, other than that I don't really know yeah it'll be interesting to see what Arsenal says but I do expect quite heavy rotation certainly
1: yeah alright well look we'll see that's uh, I think that's on the telly tomorrow night as well yeah. uh, Sheffield Wednesday versus Arsenal in the Capital One Cup alright well that just about does it from part one unless you've got anything else from the weekend that's uh, caught your eye
0: no um, I think we've covered it off I mean yeah. I'd happily laugh at Tim Sherwood again but other yeah, than that go,
1: go, go, go ahead <laughs> Oh, dear. Okay, All right. great. Okay, I think that'll do it. Okay, that's part one. We're back with your questions in part two right after this. Welcome back to the ArsCast Extra. This is part two, where we answer your questions sent to us on Twitter, at Gunnerblog and at Arseblog. James, uh, I'll let you go first in the spirit of uh, Tim Sherwood being sacked.
0: Oh, well, look, let's... Let's have some more laughing at the misfortune of others because this question comes from at Guna Adam. And he says, which has been more enjoyable this season? Van Persie's career collapse or Mourinho's?
1: That is a fantastic question. <laughs> um, what I would say is that, you know, you know, wait, some days you, you you feel like eating pizza. Yeah, and, sure. And pizza's delicious, even if it does sometimes burn the, the roof of your mouth very slightly. We'll forgive it. That Did bring this up again. Yeah, forgive me as well for not yeah, warning yeah, you. Yeah, I know. Look, I'm 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 holding a grudge here, but I, I'd say it'll pass in a year or two. Okay, um, great. So yeah, only so- 52 podcasts to go <laughs> until the grudge is over. So that day you feel like pizza. Another Shut day, break. another day, you might feel like a burger. A burger, of mm. course, is delicious with, with bacon and cheese and some lettuce and tomato and onion, whatever you like. However, you like your burger. People like different things on their burgers. Do you ever try a fried egg on top of a burger? No, you I should. It's delicious. Okay, I recommend it. Anyway, so pizza one day, burger the next day. Both things are delicious, and it's hard yes. to say that one thing is better than the other. It just depends on right. your mood. So what I'm saying is that. I'm enjoying them both. Some days, like today, when it's more in the, the forefront of my mind, I'm enjoying Mourinho's misery a great deal because, you know, it's there. It's fresh. We we saw it. We saw how, how gutted he looked at the back of the, the press box when the goal went in and everyone's celebrating around him, people taking selfies of him surreptitiously. And he's standing there looking very unhappy. And then there are other times when Van Persie comes more into focus and You know, I don't know what's going on with him now. I haven't paid much attention over the last week or two. But, you know, we've seen the pictures of him on the bench, looking unhappy, looking miserable. So I enjoy those too. So one of them is the equivalent of pizza and the other is the equivalent of burger. But obviously, in in an enjoyment sense, I'm not saying that Van Persie is like a burger because burgers are great and he's clearly an asshole. And Mourinho is definitely not pizza because pizza is the food of the gods and he is just a big, huge cunt. So to answer the question... Yes. Perfect. That's good. I think, we've, I think we've solved that. All right. Cool. I'm glad You'll to go. glad to kick these questions off in a good way. Okay, this yeah. one. This one comes from Clive at Clive PAFC and he says, "Why is it Arsenal fans have suddenly fallen out with the Ox?" Don't we realise we will not win the league with 12 players? And maybe falling out with the Oxes is, is, is maybe um, a bit too strong. But I, I think people have some concerns.
0: There was certainly a lot of frustration abounding with his performance. It was, Do you know what? It was a little reminiscent of the kind of reaction Aaron Ramsey used to garner a few years ago. Mm. Um, and I think that their problems, as you alluded to earlier, are not dissimilar. In that Ramsey was often guilty around this sort of 2012 period of overcomplicating matters and maybe trying a little bit too hard. And I think that Ox is not dissimilar in that his, his decision making is the major issue in his game. I don't think it's his technical ability. I don't think it's his fitness levels. It seems to be just the choices that he makes, primarily when in possession of the ball, and the only way to to get through that is i think to simplify uh and just to focus on the basics really and just to and try and you know for example in that in that case against everton rather than try and sh- the shimmy than the shot play the simple ball play the continuity game you know play play the odds basically uh and i think that is what will help him find some rhythm some regularity and then hopefully an upturn
1: in form, mm. yeah, I'd, what's, what's... I, I, yeah, I'd agree with that completely. I think he's got a real chance now, doesn't he? Because of Ramsey's absence in the mm. next few games, to get a run in the team and to build some confidence. And I think confidence is probably an issue as well. Uh, Arsene Wenger spoke a few weeks about, uh, back about how he, he lacks self-belief, which is kind of unusual because when you see him interviewed, he's a very uh, down-to-earth guy, seems, uh, you know, qu- quite self-confident. Uh, he's a funny guy, um, but maybe on the pitch he's lacking uh, lacking something there. And I think that when... Like Ramsey, you do the simple things really well time and time again. That then gives you a platform for greater expression in your game. Mm. And uh, as we said earlier, though, he seems to be really harshly punished for the mistakes that he makes. You know, other players can make mistakes and it doesn't quite go as badly. But every time, he's got like the reverse Midas touch. Everything he touches turns to opposition goal. The Uh, shittest touch. (laughs) So, yeah, so... I think Arsene Wenger really has a lot of faith in him uh, as a player but it's down to him to just get his head down, work hard, um do simple things and then worry about the more complicated stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's avoid because- avoid mistakes.
0: Avoid mistakes has got to be the key. I mean, it's tricky because obviously he has the ability to do the more complicated stuff. You know, that's he's got that in his locker, but it just seems that when you're low on confidence, attempting that kind of thing is probably not the... the you don't want to run before you can walk, basically.
1: Yes, yes. So more walking um, and then yeah. a, a little bit of like jogging. And exactly. Then he could break into a canter. Are there horses? Only horses canter, don't they?
0: Yeah, or do, gallop. I get confused with those two.
1: Do oxes canter can an ox canter?
0: Probably. It's got four legs. I feel like that's the key. Or it's to do with if the legs work in opposition or not, isn't it?
1: Right, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite I sure know, what guys. the technical thing for cantering is, but
0: I was too big to be a jockey.
1: <laughs> one of one of my great regrets. Uh the canter is a controlled three three beat gait performed by a horse. It is a natural it's a natural gait possessed by all horses but slower it's faster than the trot uh, but slower than the gallop and it's used by all riders I don't know if uh, only horses can can canter though
0: there's a video on YouTube of an ox cantering
1: no way
0: really well it says cantering ox <laughs> uh,
1: are you sure that's so not some bloke uh...
0: the clue's in the title alright I was just going to say it's I'll not be, some bloke I'll be honest at the with ground <laughs> no, I'll be honest with you this ox looks a lot like a horse <laughs> I mean, I don't know if the horse is called ox or what. I don't know what's going on, but to me, that is a horse. Right. I'm not David Attenborough, but I think this is a ruse. Okay. I'm only the second person to have ever viewed this video.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just had to look for it. I can't find it, but I'll take your word for it. I'd say you know the difference between a, a horse and an ox.
0: Yeah, there's another one by the same man. Connor Huffman put these up. That's now got seven views, thanks to my input. Right, and it just says "me riding ox," and again, that's a man riding a horse. He's not fooling anybody here. Yeah, this is an outrageous coup that he's attempted to pull the wool over our eyes.
1: Here it is. But, uh, I've, I've actually got some playing some some of the sounds from the video. Look, that's him riding ox. It's it's a fine hat that he's got on. Connor yep. Huffman. Yeah. Looks like he's somewhere in America, maybe. Is that an ox, though? It's definitely not an ox. It's a white, grey horse. Oh, nearly fell over. Jesus. Yeah, now see. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that,
0: yeah. that ox just needs to keep it simple.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Needs to be more ox like in his ways. Okay, well, that's enough of uh, Connor Huffman riding ox. <clears throat> um, uh,
0: so, yeah. we being. I, I think the fans. I don't think they're out of love with him, are they? I mean, I don't think it was sort of—it wasn't one of those where it's sort of like audible howls of frustration to him, you know. That wasn't my impression in the ground. Anyway.
1: No, I, I thought he did better as well in the second half. There was more to his game in the second half. He was quite was one dangerous. great cross, yeah. Mm, you know, but uh, yeah, look, just cut out the mistakes, and um, you know, they—they they are quite—they um, are quite easy. Easy to do because they've been. It's just carelessness and 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 lack of uh, lack of the right decision more than anything fundamentally wrong with his technique or his ability as a footballer. I think unless you mm. count those things as absolutely fundamental. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm confident that he can he can improve. So,
0: okay. Well, a uh, sort of on a similar note, um, David Hung asks. Okay, he's at yeah at Cutchpuck on Twitter. Don't worry, it's a clean question. He says. Uh devoted listener from Hong Kong, which is nice. Hi. Hello. Uh he says, Will we ever see Giroux Walcott and Alexis three pronged attack to start?
1: I don't know, because he doesn't seem to want to play Walcott on the right hand side anymore.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think we will I'm not convinced we will see that ever. Yeah. Uh, unless there's some sort of situation where, I don't know, it's a two-legged affair and we find ourselves many goals down, mm. something like that.
1: Certainly, but, I don't think we'll see it while Danny Welbeck is out because I think there's an element of caution required. You know the way some people would say, oh, why don't we play three at the back when we had Murtisacker, Koscielny and Vermaelen, you right, remember. Yeah. And then yeah. you're kind of going, well, no, we're playing all of our centre-halves. And if something happens to one of them, then we don't really have any any replacement, you know. And what's interesting, I think, is you know when Giroud goes through these phases where he doesn't score and he has these little little droughts. Yes, I'm pretty much convinced that those occur at the times when he has been played to the point of exhaustion almost. Because it seems that way. Doesn't yeah, it? you know there were times where where people have been injured and Giroud has had to play game after game after game, and when he's sharp. Um, for example, that period when he came back after the the injury that he got against Everton, remember the broken leg he got when he kicked the ball or blocked the ball or whatever it was, and he came back and went on this fantastic run, but because he was literally the only option we had there that that after a while he got tired and his effectiveness was lessened. he was we sort exhausted of exhausted, blo- yeah, we exhausted him, and I think that's been true of of other seasons as well where we haven't had any depth in that position and we've seen the effect in terms of his goal scoring. So what we have at the moment is this rotation, I guess you would say, between Giroud and Walcott uh, for the starting striker position. And Arsene Wenger spoke about that. He said, I'm going to have to figure out how best to, to keep them both happy. And, you know, certain games will, will suit Walcott, certain games will suit Giroud. Uh, and I think that's going to happen throughout this season. Uh, and the upshot of that is that we'll have two strikers who are relatively fresh. And hopefully that then will translate into, into performances and goals, uh, keeping them both uh, at a reasonably optimal level of fitness. Um, so I don't think he's going to do anything that will mean, unless he really has to, where he's going to play Giroud and Walcott at the same time. I think they'll overlap now and again, but I don't think for any sustained period we're going to see uh, Giroud and Walcott starting together.
0: No, me neither, actually. Me neither. Yeah. Um, So there you go, even more opportunity for the Ox to establish himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Over to you.
1: Okay, over to me. Here we go. I've got one here. Uh, Here it is. Uh, Okay, this one comes from uh, Asfund Osaf. And also there's one here from uh, Chuck Ridwell, who's at Gooner underscore Clarence. Uh, and they're asking about Petr Cech and about being a little bit unconvinced by him uh, at first. What, what do we think now?
0: Oh, I mean, I was always quite keen. Uh,
1: to yeah, you know, they, these the are Mars. mostly directed at me, actually, but I'm asking you the question. So, you know.
0: Oh, I see. Right, OK, dodging the bullet. Yeah. Um, well, let me bounce it back at you because, yeah, you, I think... I, I can't remember what you said exactly, but I think you were a bit like, well, maybe I'm not... You weren't. I think the fact that he was let go by Chelsea made you think, well, oh, if they're letting him go, what does that mean? Is that, is that fair to say? Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, maybe. That was the concern and the fact that he hadn't really played for a year and that maybe if Chelsea were willing to let him go that it was it was uh it was to do with the fact that they didn't think he was quite quite up for it anymore so yeah i think that was the that was the concern but i have to say um those have been allayed despite the fact that um the opening day against west ham really wasn't that was a worry yeah that yeah. was a, that was a bit of a worry I think the, the benefits are, are obvious. He makes big saves. He was brilliant against Bayern. He made a big save late in the game against Everton, which, uh, which saved us two points. I th- the, the connection that he has, the experience that he has, the, the calmness that he exudes, probably uh, on the pitch and off the pitch, I would say that there are real benefits to having him around on the training ground and in the dressing room as well that we don't see. A number of players have spoken about it already. That you know, to have him there makes them feel secure. It helps the back four. It's it's improved us uh, as a team, our spine, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I'm I'm a big fan. Still not well, mad another, for the hat, but you know,
0: yeah. And another fa- another factor, I guess, you know, the little bits and pieces that I've heard out of Chelsea. I think he's been very much missed there as a, a figure in the dressing room. I mm. mean, to be honest, on the pitch as well, what with Courtois being out. But um, I think they've really felt his absence. So I think he is a very influential figure and someone who carries a lot of natural authority. But the main thing is that in the last couple of games, particularly Everton and Bayern, he's made saves that you wouldn't necessarily expect a goalkeeper to make and that that feel like difference makers. They don't feel like, oh, well, you know, it just hit him. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Sometimes a goalie makes a save and you feel like, yeah, but he was just kind of in the way. Whereas with Cech, you can sort of see the technique and you can see the way he's positioned himself you can see the reactions and I feel like when we signed him there was I think it was John Terry actually who made that quote about oh he'll he'll win them 12 points yeah. you know it's something that's said but you don't necessarily just think it will transpire that way but in the last couple of games it has felt like he has contributed directly to the winning of points so mm. he's been a been a massive addition um I do you think he'll play Sheffield Wednesday any chance or <laughs>
1: I mean, Matt Macy is is very raw. I don't think he's played a game for us. So that's a bit of a risk. Mm. Um, actually, I, I've got an email this morning. Uh, here it is. Hang on. Let me just find it here. Uh, from Rob Silver. And he says, hi, Blog, Love your work. Blah, blah, blah. He said, not sure if you saw this video published on the 22nd of October showing the boys in training pre-Bayern. There's a link to a YouTube video. And he says, right. you can see Ospina in the sticks at one o three and 1 minute 30. Maybe he's genuinely injured, but who knows? Maybe he picked up the injury in training, of course.
0: Maybe, although I'm pretty sure arsen said it was picked up on uh, international duty, although he may have aggravated it. Mm. Um, I mean, the conspiracy theorists would say he found out he wasn't starting against Bayern and there was, you know, a fallout. Um, but... Matt Macy's is exceptionally tall. He's got that going for him. He is. He's a big, big lad, isn't he? He's one of the longest goalkeepers
1: around. One <laughs> of the longest. I like that. should use yeah. that as a measure of, uh, of a person's height.
0: Length, yeah. yeah. The, the length of Matt Macy is something quite extraordinary. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry, I just, my mind went to a different place there.
0: Well, I know. It's like we're having another question from David Hung. But I am... Um, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. It'd be a bit of a risk to throw him in, wouldn't it? So
1: It would, but is it not also a risk to play your only fit senior goalkeeper in a game that, you know, ultimately yeah, ultimately isn't the most important in our season?
0: Maybe, yeah. And his vulnerable head. You don't want to risk him. Mm. I don't know. I need to get off this subject. Um, but uh, yeah, I think czech has <laughs> been brilliant. I think Czech's been great. And, you know, the, I don't think we'll ever really know what happened on that first day against West Ham. I think that goes for almost every member of the team.
1: Actually, you know what, though? Uh, he did an interview with Sport Magazine. Right. And I thought it was really interesting what he said. He obviously analysed what happened on the day. And he said, it, it, you know, it was a bit flat. The game felt a bit flat, and sometimes you need a moment to sort of energize the crowd and energize the team. So when the free kick came in, he made this decision that he was going to go for the ball and maybe try and start a quick counter attack, you know, just to sort of right. lift the team and lift it. And he said, no, you know, made the wrong decision there. So that was, that was interesting. I could see why it happened. Um, because again, you know, even at 33, the most experienced players can, can make the wrong decision, but you could see why he was trying to make it, which I thought was, was quite interesting
0: that is interesting I mean the other thing just on that result is that the more the season wears on the kind of less appalling it looks West Ham uh, continues to go from strength to strength so maybe it wasn't too awful Uh, yeah yeah, he's
1: he's doing a good job there so far Slavon Village
0: he is indeed he Mm. is indeed Um, right let's get on with the sensible stuff so at Damien AFC asks who in the Arsenal squad would make the best
1: James Bond right Um, my immediate thought is alexis because he's got oh, that kind of, of uh he's got the kind of, yeah he's just got the the thing for he's it, you know yeah he's, got, he's, he's a bit suave giroux perhaps again you know you could see him with the old martinis shaken not stirred the beard i gotta say really suits olivier giroux
0: caps it off doesn't it
1: yeah i was talking to one of my neighbors who who called him a, a, a massive ride with the beard so price right. She was very impressed, um, yeah. but yeah. Uh, so yeah, Giroud could do it. Who else could do it? Not Gabrielle. Can't really see Gabrielle as James Bond. No,
0: I mean, could could Mesut Özil be like a left field candidate?
1: Um, I he's don't know. That, he's I, got I, the I w- stealth. Yeah, I would have sort of had him as like the villain. The, the villain. Yeah. yeah, he's quite a bit more villainous look to him. Serpentine. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I don't think I don't think Mesut Ozil. Arteta, sure, pair yeah. of safe hands, isn't it? Yeah, for the you know, role, he's he's handsome enough, and uh, you know Bond would 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 certainly rock that 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 hair, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. You know when you're running um, around rooftops, but you know I'm yeah I'm not mad for James Bond films. These new ones, the old ones are quite good and kitsch and and fun, but these new ones are like they're a bit shit, really. <laughs>
0: I, don't really, I haven't really seen them. I don't get too excited. Um, there like
1: was the one songs. a few years ago. Right, I, I can't remember. It could have been Quantum of Solace or whatever it was. Yeah. And I could be misremembering this, but ultimately the the villain was trying to steal water. <laughs> and right, that, that yeah. was the whole thing. It was like, oh, come on. Like he should be trying to blow up the earth from space in a cool space station. Not steal yeah. some water from like a, a fucking irrigation farm or whatever it was. We've all, we've all got taps, mate. Yeah, what I mean? exactly. There's a whole fucking sea there, man. What are you trying to do? <laughs> Just you get know? yourself a bucket. You're away. Yeah, you know. Um, I, so that yeah that, that that annoys me with them, but uh, yeah.
0: I think Giroud. I think Giroux would be pretty pretty good. I think he ticks a lot of the
1: boxes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because yeah. he sort of got the. I mean, he'd probably want a stunt double for a lot of the action sequences, I imagine. Yeah. Um, I'd love to
1: see James Bond do the, like, ah, the finger waggle. Yeah,
0: the finger waggle when he gets shot.
1: <laughs> Mr. Bond, uh, what are you
0: doing? Uh,
1: yeah. Oh, it is the finger waggle of Big pain.
0: Exactly. But yeah. He's got the charm. He's got the looks. I think mm. he'd be good. All right. Um, so when Craig hangs up the speedos, give give Olivier a call.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A secondary career for him. I can see it happening, actually, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, uh, this one comes from Braggy Huffperson, I think, at Bragged on Twitter, and he wants to know, could you ask James if he has ever lost it in the press box when Arsenal have scored, like maybe against Bayern? (laughs)
0: Uh, Have I ever lost it? Yes, I have lost it. I can't remember specific incidents. It's always a bit embarrassing because you're sat right next to someone who is, you know, a, a, a real neutral and you're sort of incognito pretending. Um, but there was one goal last season. Late goals. It's late goals that get you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. There's nothing like a late goal. Um, I can't remember who it's against, though. But basically, the way the press box is, there's like a little barrier and then it's the fans. And if you're in the front row of the press box, you sort of sp- almost spill into the fans. And there was a goal where I stood up and, and ran down the stairs. Um, <laughs> which was you know like (laughs) which I think I think gave me away but you don't know I mean you know I I had to sort of sheepishly make it back to my seat afterwards and be like oh I'm just you know pretend I was just really happy because I'd made that prediction in a preview or something like that I dropped my tennis ball it ran down the stairs I had to just go get it (laughs) exactly yeah yeah come back you know shaking my fist claiming that that Meant points for my fantasy team. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, uh, it is it is a tricky balance. Bayern was a great one. I mean, the thing is, the nice one about European nights is that generally, um, generally that even the neutrals are sort of on the side of, in the press box at least, are on the side of the English teams, which is which makes it sort of convivial atmosphere. Unless you are next to a German journalist, in which case, very awkward. Yeah, but fuck them. I mean honestly, yeah, it's fine. There's a lot of there's a lot of fans in the press box. I mean Arsenal are a well followed club, so there's there's quite a few there sort of clenching their fists surreptitiously. Mm. Uh don't worry about it. There's plenty there's plenty on side, but it's not quite as sort of um it's not quite as heavy a bias as there is for say Liverpool or bizarrely West Ham. West Ham seems to have a lot of fans in the media, but uh Arsenal have certainly got a decent following.
1: All right. Okay. One more from you. One
0: more. Um, uh, okay, this is from Sam Thayer, at Sam Thayer 9000, and he says, would you rather have wooden planks for arms, right? Yeah. Or toasters for feet? <laughs>
1: um, I You've guess... You've got to have one or the other. Yeah, see, with toasters on your feet, you could never go swimming. Very you dangerous. Get electrocuted. Because I'm assuming the toasters are continuously, you know, plugged into electricity. I think they're sort
0: of wired to you, yeah. They're kind of, the, there is a current that runs to us all. Yeah, we
1: all have like, electric, uh, electric bits in us. So, yeah, yeah that would be... Uh, I like swimming. I like going in the sea. That's kind of where I'm at, at my happiest. Really? Just, yeah, just kind Very of where it's somewhere warm and I'm just floating in the sea. I like that. Well, that would be awkward. You'd have to sort of walk out to sea on your hands. Yeah, and that essentially would mean I'd drown. Once you got in deep enough, I'd drown. But wooden planks for arms wouldn't be ideal. Picking stuff up would be a challenge. But you would always be on for a game of rounders.
0: That is true. That is true. Also, you'd look like a a glider or a plane. I feel like if they were wide enough planks, you could throw yourself something high and just sort yeah. of gently glide. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but it seems to me that that's possible. The the, the toasters, I mean, I love toast. I met someone recently who said they didn't like toast.
1: What kind of monster was this?
0: I honestly, I didn't know what to say. I was like, do you like bread? They were like, yeah. And I was like, so what happened? What, what is, what's going on here? I was like, do you like hot bread? Like, if I put some bread in the microwave for you, hot floppy bread, <laughs> how would you feel about that? And they were like, well, I'm not sure. And I was like, but toast's definitely out. They are like, yeah, no toast for me.
1: Well, um, yeah, I, mean, I don't understand. I was astonished.
0: Yeah, I, I, Honestly, I didn't know. I, had, I was like, I'm not sure we could be friends.
1: Mm, I, I think that's reasonable. I don't, I don't really understand that in the slightest. Toast is great. But let me ask you the, the important question here. When it comes to toast... Butter, yeah. Toast and butter is good.
0: Yeah, I'm on board with you so far.
1: But if you add a conserve of some kind, strawberry jam or marmalade, okay. do you put that over the butter or do you just use the marmalade or the jam on dry toast? I put it...
0: I feel like this is a really big moment for mm, the podcast. Yeah. I can feel like it could all go wrong. I put it over the butter. <gasps> disgusting oh is this the end of the podcast that's it Fuck. so
1: you, you put it straight on straight on yeah no butter butter on toast is great but if you're having jam or marmalade goes on dry toast don't need the butter makes it kind of I don't know no I don't Hang like it though. I don't like it well,
0: I, there are some if I have peanut butter I won't have butter as well I'm not I'm not a madman. that's I, two types of butter
1: you will put peanut butter on buttered toast
0: No, 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 no. I'm saying if I had peanut butter, I wouldn't use butter. Right. What about Marmite? Do you ever eat Marmite?
1: No, but I do sometimes um, eat Bovril on toast. With no butter? With no butter, just straight on, yeah. Yeah, it's meaty and delicious and crunchy.
0: Guys, I think, get in touch, because I don't know who's right and who's wrong here. I mean, someone definitely is. I was going to say, there is no right and wrong. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. There is. There's, we need to fight. We need to fight
1: and decide this. Yeah. The toast etiquette. The toast ticket, if you like.
0: Point being, I am. I'm not. I'm quite scared of the sea. Right. I mean, I'll go in it, but you know, I am constantly convinced there are sharks, and knowing my luck, there probably will be eventually. Yeah. So I think I'll go for the toast, because I love toast, mm. despite what well, this person said. I love toast. And I'd always carry a little bit of butter and a conserve on me so so I can, to flaunt your rules, flout these regulations and have the full toast meal available to me whenever I wanted. And you could shoot them out of your feet and catch them by hand. Imagine that as a little party trick. (laughs)
1: That would be great. And people say we agree too much. I think we found a fundamental disagreement here. I'm going planks and no butter uh, with conserve on toast. So... So there you go. We go. All right, there I've got go. one, one more final one. It's not really, you know, uh, this one comes from Emmanuel abou I think this yeah. could be his, um, his, uh, his Halloween one because he's got a Halloween question. Said from an Arsenal point of view, what is the scariest thing or person someone could dress as for Halloween? <laughs>
0: uh, I mean, A would be quite scary <laughs> if someone just <laughs> if he just turned up on the field. Um, Eleven A's. Yes, that's it. That's it. Uh, any of the medical team, I imagine, are quite frightening. Covered um, you know, <laughs> in bits of Abu Dhabi still. Um, who else is frightening? Mike Dean, quite quite terrifying. Yeah, I find. Uh, and and a host of managers, really. I mean, I think coming as Sam Allardyce is a legitimate scary costume.
1: Yeah, that would be pretty gross.
0: All right. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd say, I'd say that's too far, if anything.
1: Mm. Could we make uh, um, scary names out of Arsenal players? Could we do that? Like um, Halloween-related names. Uh, uh, like Ga- uh, Gab- uh, Gabri-Hell. Yeah.
0: Gabri-Hell. Gabri-Hell. That's not bad.
1: Uh, uh, oh, got one. Mikel. Ah! Uh, Tedder.
0: Very good. Yeah, that was good. Uh, that is very good. We- we'll.
1: Yeah. Theo, Theo, Wolfcott. Theo Wolfcott? Theo Werewolfcott? <gasps> what if that guy who was brought on not to play at centre forward got bitten by Dracula? He would then be a flampire. Very nice. Yes.
0: That is good. That's extraordinarily good. Mm. Um, I'm just
1: trying to think if there are any more. Per sucker. Because he, you know, like a vampire as that's well. That's nice. That's these. Are, these are great. Mm. I feel like the man from East Lower is sitting here now, listening to this, going puns, 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 puns. I know he's just he'll gonna, be so excited. Yeah, he's going to so excited. Us, you know, I don't think we
0: should do uh, do them all because I think it'll, you know, it'll give him something to do on Twitter, won't it, for the next twenty four hours? <laughs> <laughs> Keep him busy. Keep him busy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so no
0: ghoul. Yes, that's a great one. Mm-hmm. Ghoul is, a, is a, a lovely word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Got a lovely sound to it. Danny Helbeck. Uh, Helbeck's nice. Yeah. What else? What, I'm trying to think of other scary things, really.
1: <laughs> Monsters and vampires and mummies and... Uh, mummies, yeah. Uh, what else is scary? Sam Allardyce's breasts. They're mm. quite scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: So, look, lots lots of Halloween fun.
1: Yeah. We anyway, we, we'll leave it there. And obviously people will make their suggestions on Twitter. And of course, let us know which side of the fence you're on. Butter and jam or just jam? Yeah,
0: we need to know, guys.
1: Let's yeah. end this yes. once and for all. We should We should start a hashtag. Hashtag butter and jam or hashtag just jam. Brilliant. Tell us where you are, folks. We'll find the He's line the split in. right down the middle. Are you evil oh, and, right. and hideous like Gunnar Blog, or are you... Um, fine and great like me we'll see good and virtuous Uh,
0: alright have a nice week everyone
1: yes do that enjoy the Sheffield Wednesday game do that and uh, whatever way you have your toast I think it's fine you can have it whatever way you want but if you're the person that doesn't like toast get out go away just get out why even listening yeah get lost fuck off (laughs)
0: fuck (laughs) off until the next one bye bye bye